0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of InfusionCast, and today I had the opportunity of interviewing Clay Mask, the CEO of Infusionsoft. This episode has been a long time coming, and uh, I've always wanted to interview Clay and get his perspective on the community we've built here at InfusionCast. And so today was an incredible interview. I really enjoyed having Clay on the show. We talk about the future of Infusionsoft, and I ask him some difficult questions, questions that I actually pull. The audience uh, to ask Clay, and uh, he was generous enough to answer him. So I had a lot of fun. And uh, without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Clay Mask. How the heck do you use Infusionsoft? How do you make it work for you? Welcome to InfusionCast, the only podcast that shows you the tricks of the trade and teaches you how to be an Infusionsoft expert. Join your host, Joshua Millage, as he sits down with Infusionsoft pros to hear their stories and experiences making Infusionsoft work for them. Ready? Here's Joshua. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Infusioncast. This is a really exciting episode. Today, I have the co-founder and CEO of Infusionsoft, Clay Mask, with me here today. Clay, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, great to be here, Joshua. Thanks so much for having me
0: yeah right on well let's start with the origin story of infusionsoft. I've gotten bits and pieces of it over uh, the last two uh, infusion cons that I've been to, but I'd love to to share the story with the audience today.
1: yeah, you bet um well, you know it's funny we didn't really start this business thinking that we wanted to build a big company we just we just wanted to uh, come together and be basically be our own boss and be able to Serve the customers we wanted to serve, and make the money we wanted to make, and work the hours we wanted to work, and make the decisions we wanted to make. So, you know, we thought it, it seemed like it was, it was a, um, you know, just kind of appealed to our entrepreneurial desire. So, there were four of us. We all came together and uh, started working to help small businesses use the internet to do a better job with their sales and marketing. And it was about three years of just blood, sweat, and tears. It was really, really tough. And um, we really were custom software at the beginning. And that's part of why it was so hard, because we didn't start out as a product. We started out as a custom software shop. This is 2002 when we started. Wow. And for about three years, we were just uh, in the process of converting from doing custom software to creating our first uh, web-based CRM software product. And uh, that was three very difficult years because we didn't have we didn't have any money. We didn't have any investors or capital or anything like that. It was just pure bootstrapping, just trying to figure out a way to make it all work. So after three really tough years, we got our first product, which is kind of the predecessor of Infusionsoft today, and um, began to start to have some success. And over the next couple of years, more and more success, we started to think hey we could we could really turn this into something that would help small businesses at a at a much much bigger scale, meaning that lots more customers uh small businesses across the world who could do a better job in automating their sales and marketing so in uh, about two thousand and seven, which was about five years after we started, we set out on a big vision to change the world for small businesses by automating their sales and marketing and uh the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah,
0: That's so cool. And just out of curiosity, when you were kind of making that transition from, you know, a custom software shop into a, a product-focused company, um, what was that predecessor, that kind of before Infusionsoft, what did that software look like? Just out of curiosity.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, we we were creating a bunch of custom uh online databases for customers and then giving them a way to use that database software. But it was all custom jobs. We were retaining the intellectual property to the code base that we were were using, and we were kind of trying to reuse parts of code base from job to job. And so that's, you know, what what happened was we would get a, a custom client that we would do work for, and then we'd try to leverage that into the next job. And over the course of about a year or so, it started to have every, every job had kind of a customer database at the core of it that began to be more and more easily deployed for the next job. So it went from pure custom software to a web-based customer database to a web-based customer database with some marketing stuff to help you follow up better with customers and then the following the, the next thing was our first product and that was actually a mortgage it was it was a web-based CRM product for the, for the mortgage industry we called it Mortgage Pro CRM and it wasn't too long after that that we created uh what we called Manage Pro CRM that was more for um any small business not just one in the mortgage industry and that Manage Pro CRM was the predecessor to Infusion CRM which was the predecessor to Infusion Soft.
0: Wow. Well th- thank you for taking me through the the history because I think that a lot of people look at a, a company like Infusion Soft and they kind of maybe play this game in their mind that was like, you just started here. And I think it's so important for us to, to understand that we're all in this journey in our business of, of going through these iterations. And And uh, I, I, I thank you so much for sharing that because I think it gives us hope to grow our companies and, and be okay with the change that happens through that, that journey. Um, you yeah, know,
1: I'm, I'm happy to share it because um, one of the things that kind of bugs me is when people think that we just you know, got investors and started to build this company. That's not how we did it. We mm-hmm. we did it with blood, sweat, tears. Um, every day a survival. Uh, you know, a, a, a day a game of survival. And for three years, it was literally the hardest thing I could possibly imagine. I mean, it was just so hard. And the only reason we didn't stop and go, um, and go do something else where we could make, I mean, I. You know, we we could have made a lot more money than we were doing in those early days, and and I had made a lot more money. That was probably the hardest thing. I <laughs> go, my wife who was like, "Hey, you know, you went, we, we went through eight years of college, and we had a six-figure job, and now we're get, getting nothing basically, and we've got lots of kids with uh, you know hungry hungry stomachs for some reason. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, this isn't working, and I and I was trying to stick it out and stick it out, but. But the reason why I I like sharing the story is because we understand what small business success requires. We yeah. understand small business failure is. We understand how it, it it ravages the 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 bank account, the mental emotional account, the physical ability. I mean, it 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 is all taxing, and we get it. And that's the reason why we love doing what we do because we know that when you automate your sales and marketing it changes everything and we went through that in fact that's what changed everything for us was when we began using our software we had be, we had created for our custom clients we started using it for ourselves and that changed everything and that's why we have so much conviction around what sales and marketing automation can do for small businesses everywhere
0: yeah, and that's what I I truly think is so different about Infusionsoft um, compared to other systems out there. Just, there's a soul that comes with it. Like when I'm at InfusionCon and I'm talking to people, I can tell like we're in the battle together and we all want each other to do well. And it comes from this journey that you and, and your your brother-in-laws went through to get here, and it really shows. You know, And I remember a story you were sharing at Icon. I don't know if it was this last year or the year before – um, just about getting customer number one. Can you share a little bit about the, that journey in particular? Because I think a lot of us understand we need to make sales and uh, getting customer one is sometimes the hardest.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it was really interesting because my three partners were all software developers and I was the sales and marketing person coming in to to try to help things go. And the, our arrangement was they did nothing but write software and I did everything else except write software. And um, so a couple, you know, several weeks into my, to my joining the company, the, the hungry eyes started looking at me more and more wondering where the customers were. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, and, and, you know, mind you, I was trying to sell custom software development, web-based software in 2002, where most everybody had a dial up connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was, there were security concerns. There were dial-up accessibility concerns. There were just major feelings of discomfort about putting your custom your sensitive customer data online. Um, backup concerns, all, all sorts of stuff. And so, trying to sell people on custom software where we were trying to help create a picture in their mind of what we could do for them. I mean, it was really tough. So, I was try, I was struggling like crazy, and I was, I was really just kind of at my wits' end after after about six or eight weeks of trying to sell and not making a sale and getting many people close. And, you know, I, I, my, my dad, uh, I went to my dad and talked to him about it. I'm giving you the long version by the way. No, so this is perfect. <laughs> I went to my dad and I was like, dad, I'm getting my butt kicked. I'm like, and literally I, I actually had a breakdown and was crying to him. I was like, I, I'm just, I don't know what to do. I mean, And there's a lot more to this behind besides just eight weeks of working on it. There Mm -hmm. was consulting him for a few months before that. I had been struggling um, post uh, 9-11 trying to transition into an entrepreneurial venture and was several months into that process. And I was just feeling all the pressure and weight. And he basically uh, said, well, are you exercising? (laughs) And I said, Oh, i'm not I, I don't have any time to do that i'm i'm always either worrying or you know <laughs> I, I don't have time for that and he said well what are you doing tomorrow at 5 a.m. and uh, i said worrying or sleeping or both i'm not sure which and <laughs> so he he said well I'll, let's go to the gym and i said i don't have any money for that and he said i'll pay for a membership and he took me to the gym and we talked every morning for the next couple weeks and at one point he, he asked me so where are you in your sales process and i said still no customers and you know we're now a couple months in and and we don't have any money. I mean, there's no, you know, there's nothing going on. It's like we're we're trying to eke out some custom software. Uh, we're trying to eke out some dollars from custom software on prior clients and that sort of thing. And so I said, well, here's here's where I am. He said, why don't you tell me about your your most uh, likely prospect and tell me how the conversation's going. My dad's a teacher, um, mm-hmm. but but he understands people and he understands uh sales from jobs early in his earlier in his career and i told him about my conversations and he said um okay he said Are you, i got i got a, i got an idea for you Are you ready and i said yeah and he he said sell <laughs> and he kind of yelled at me and i was like what and he goes you're not i said i am i, I am and he goes no you're not you're talking to him you're not you're not actually Persuading them and helping them see the value. Do you believe in what you guys do? Yeah, I do. You should see the software that we, the projects we've done for our clients. Um, are they, how, you know, he takes me through all of the belief, and he says if, if you if you don't if if you don't believe it more than anybody else, then you're not going to make sales. You got to believe it, and you got to persuade people why they should believe it. And you're not doing that. You're just talking to them. And so he was right, and I began selling, and we began bringing on customers. And our first one was. Uh, a guy named Reed Hoisington. It he was our first he was the first custom client that 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 I brought into the business. We'd had a handful prior to that that were friends and family and acquaintances, that sort of thing. But this was our first client that we really brought in. And we did a, a bunch of custom work for him over the following year, and then he was the one that over time introduced us into the mortgage industry as well as uh, information marketers who needed some similar Customer database with marketing automation capabilities. So that was, that's the long version of the story. No,
0: I really uh, appreciate the uh, like a director's cut there because, um, man, for me personally, Clay, that really resonates in, in the journey the, that I've taken in growing my business too and doing custom work. And my dad is also a teacher and I had a very similar conversation. And it's funny that uh, sometimes you just need someone to say, Hey, you need to actually sell. Like you're telling yourself the story that you are, (laughs) but you need to actually do it. And, uh, and I think what you said about belief, I really hope the listeners take that home with them because if you don't believe in it, man, no one else is going to. So some, those are some really wise things. And I really appreciate that. And so now when you're under,
1: I was just going to say any business that's under 300,000 in annual sales, it is a sales job. And most businesses never get past 300,000 in sales because the owner doesn't want to own the fact that you've got to sell Mm. and until until you own that until you stop thinking of it as a necessary evil but you just say but you until you get to the place where you own you you believe in what you're doing and you believe confidently that you can deliver value for customers and you therefore sell it that way until that point. Your business is not going to get past that three hundred thousand dollar mark. Especially, it won't get past the hundred thousand mark. Mm-hmm. No, those are usually the the pitfalls of why the reason why those business why businesses don't make it past that point. It's about eighty percent of businesses that never get to that three hundred thousand mark. The reason they don't is because they're afraid of selling.
0: Wow. That's a that's great advice. Now, we're in 2015 and FusionSoft has is, is grown so much. What has been some of the keys to getting here from that point?
1: Um, wow. Some, some, some pretty significant foundational things. So in 2007, basically we decided that we were going to go for it. We were going to build a company that would help small businesses succeed everywhere and that we didn't want to just build up the business and sell it. We wanted to build a great, enduring company that would be around for decades. And um, that was a huge shift. You know, I just said that really tritely, but it, mm-hmm. but it it actually took us a long time to go through that process, a lot of mentors and people that helped us. And really, it, it, it took us being falling head over heels in love with our business and what we do and and our and. You know, in, in falling head over heels in love with our customers and helping small businesses succeed, that causes us to say, we want to do this forever. You know, we don't want this to be a step in our career or a, a story in a serial serial entrepreneur um, series. We we want we want this to be what we do and who we are and how we how we make a contribution in the world. So when we got to that point in 2007. We said, well, we've got this big vision of how we're going to revolutionize the way small businesses grow, but we, in order to do that, we need capital because we've been growing the business, um, bootstrapping it with a little bit of friends and family investment. um, About three or four years in, but we couldn't grow the business fast enough. I mean, we were—it was growing like we didn't have the capital to grow it at the rate that it could grow. We were doubling the business or more every year. Um, and by 2007, we were, you know, kind of on on our way from three and a half million to about 7 million. And, uh, that, you know, we, we just realized that that can only go so fast if you, if you don't have the capital to invest. So once we decided we were going to go, go big and, and, uh, have, have a lot of fun doing it, we realized we needed to raise capital. So. One thing is we learned how to raise capital, and that's important when you have a big vision that you're pursuing. Um, but more foundational, it's the articulation of that vision. Mm-hmm. And so how we've been successful is we got clear on what that vision is, and our, our, we got clear on our what we call our purpose, our values, and our mission. And our purpose is to help small businesses succeed. And then we've got nine values, and I'm not reading them. I know I'm cold, um, and so do our employees Uh, because we hire, train, and fire to this. But our values are uh, we empower entrepreneurs. We listen, we care, we serve. We do what we say we'll do. We practice open, real communication. We face challenges with optimism. We check our egos at the door. We innovate and constantly improve. We do the right thing, and we believe in people and their dreams. And it took us some time to articulate those values, but we did that. And then we have a mission that's our current mission that we're on, we're about eight years, eight and a half years into this ten-year mission, but it's to create and dominate the market of all-in-one sales and marketing software for small businesses. Uh, by the time we're done with this, we want to have over a thousand employees and a couple, a couple hundred thousand people using our software, and we're we're roughly on track with that to achieve that over the next couple of years.
0: Man, that is so powerful. It's really uh, it's, so. Would you say the key, like in a nutshell, is getting the this vision and mission and values like out there in, 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 and clearly stated and then really just internalizing them. Is, is that kind of a, a, a I, I guess for me, as I think about my own company, it's like, you just really challenged me personally to to sit down and go, what is it that we're doing from a high level and then taking it down into values? And it, I, th- I think that that's something that all small businesses need to do if they want to
1: grow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what we've done is over the years, we, we hire, train and fire to that. So the first thing is to articulate it. And what happens when you're when you when you're a solopreneur, you kind of know it all. You understand it, it's just you. Um, you hire your first couple people, and you tend they tend to be people you know, and so you have a good sense of who they are. You don't have to articulate anything because you know who they are. As the team gets bigger, you start to see things. You you, you have a you have a an implicit um, set of values that that have never been spelled out, and you kind of You kind of operate to that, but as the team grows, it becomes more and more important for you to be explicit about it. Um, That doesn't mean that even if you're a solopreneur, that doesn't mean that if you're a solopreneur, you don't need to articulate this. I would encourage every business owner to just get out an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and write down who we are as a company, what we do, and why we exist. And when you understand that, you will attract the right customers, you'll attract the right employees, you'll attract the right partners, and more importantly, you'll repel the wrong customers, you'll repel the wrong employees, you'll repel, you'll repel the wrong partners.
0: That's really powerful. Well, Clay, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here because I did something that was kind of fun. I uh, polled the audience last week and asked them, hey, if you could ask Clay anything, what would it be? And uh, I polled two questions from tons and tons and tons that I received. It was actually a really hard challenge. And uh, so I'm going to start with the first one. And uh, I'm not sure who this came from, but they ask, does Infusionsoft plan to go public eventually? And if so, what does this mean to the users? Will anything change at
1: all? Um, it's a great question. We do plan to go public. Uh, we don't have a specific time frame, but part of our vision when we when we set out on this back in 2007 was to be a great enduring company, and to be the market leader in uh, sales and marketing software for small businesses, and to really re- lead what we consider to be a massive revolution in small business success. And so um, we. Part of that is to be the leader and, and to be a, a, a great, enduring company as a public company. And so we do plan to go public at some point. I get this question a lot. Um, it comes, you know, a lot of people have concerns about what happens when you're a public company and you've got investors that are pressing on you for quarterly results. And, and I understand that. And I've spent a lot of time with experts talking about this including Jim Collins and spending a couple of days with him, just my team and him and his lab in Boulder, Colorado, talking about this exact question of how do you, how do you stay true to your purpose, values, and mission with the pressures of, of Wall Street and quarterly performance. And, um, you know, there are good examples out there of people that have done it. So our intent is to be totally focused on our purpose, values, and mission not surprisingly, uh, we will be very clear about that with investors when people are deciding initially if they want to come on board and, and, and buy into our IPO. We'll help them understand who we are and what we do and why we exist. And and um, we'll tell people, you know, this is a company that's a long a long term company. And there's a lot more to it than that. You know, I take a lot of satisfaction as I watch Jeff Bezos of Amazon lead his company despite pressure from Wall Street. Uh, there's a there's an art to it in managing expectations and not trying to grow too fast. and um, all of that is, is, uh, is kind of the MBA the sport of it, but none of it matters if you don't keep customer success first and foremost. And so you know my, my response to the customer that says, you know, how will this change for your users?" Well, um, I will keep you, clearly focused as our as our top priority and keep investing in the user experience because that is after all why we're doing all of this in the first place that's why we decided to swing for the fences it's why we have decided to go through the process of raising capital it's to be able to change the world for small businesses and that's not going to change that's not going to change when we go public that is that's what we're focused on.
0: That's fantastic! I have a massive smile on my face right now.
1: <laughs> the the <laughs> second
0: question uh, comes from someone, and I actually got this one a couple times. I think it speaks to the 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 jobs that you're providing. I think a lot of people want to come in, and work for you, Clay. And uh, so, this is this question is: What is your best advice to someone who wants to work for
1: Infusionsoft? Um, you know, my best advice is. Don't come if you just want a job and you want a paycheck and um, you think that our culture sounds really cool. Don't come. Um, Don't even bother wasting your time. My advice to you is that if in your heart of hearts, you want to change the world for small businesses and if you love small business success, um, if you love the small business success because you know what it takes to be successful in small business, then. You should look at our website, and you should see the roles that we have, and you should get really clear on whether you're living our purpose, values, and mission. If our if our if our values resonate with you, and you say, "Man, those are my values. I love helping. I I I love to empower entrepreneurs. I love to listen, care, and serve. I have a servant heart. I want to um, do. I you know I do what I say I'll do. You can go through those and not just not just go through them because you can pass an interview, but you look at those and you say, man, those really speak to me. Those values speak to me. And I love small business success. Then we'd love to know how your skills can apply to one of the roles that's on our website. Most companies look at skills and then say, are they a cultural fit? We say, are you a cultural fit? And then do you have skills that, that match? And the cultural fit is all about your passion for small business success. And you'll notice I didn't just say passion for small business. I love small business success. And the reason I love small business success is because I know what it takes to do it. And I love the people that have the guts and the moxie and the determination to push through it. And we want to help those people. We don't want to help the people who just hung out their shingle and say, I have a small business. Well, that's nice. And we'll be here when you're really serious about success. But much like the person who wants to lose weight and they look to take a diet pill, we don't we don't want that person. We want the person who says, I'm going to be in the gym. I'm going to work my butt off, and I'm going to be successful. That's what Infusionsoft stands for and then and that's what you have to do in order to be successful in small business and in order to automate your sales and marketing process.
0: I love it. Wow, thank you for answering that that question. Well, Clay, you know I want to be respectful of your time. We're kind of coming to the end of the interview, and I love to end with a uh, if you can give some sort of success tip or ritual that you do maybe on a daily or weekly basis to really get primed and ready to go. And I actually, I want to break this up. I want to know one, how you, how you did that in the early days when, when your wife was like, Clay, your kids need food. And then what are you doing now? If if we could split it into two parts, I think it'd be interesting.
1: Well, um, you know, Behind everything is my faith, and that's super important to me. And uh, as long as I stay good in the practice of that, things seem to work out really well. Um more tactically, what I would tell you is i uh, I, I I think the early to bed, early to rise is a very wise saying. <laughs> so it doesn't just uh, make make a person healthy, wealthy, and wise it it uh, it it is it really is what's underneath success for, for me. So, you know, I, I enjoy, um, I enjoy reading. That's, that's important. Um, I enjoy spending time and having with my family and having balance. But what I would say, you know, one of, one of the tips is I wake up early and I, and I'm constantly working on myself and developing the characteristics that are necessary to get to the next, you know, the next level of, of of my ambitions, and sometimes those ambitions are about the very specific things about how to uh, control my emotions more effectively. Uh, Sometimes they're about things about the business of how do we increase our uh, number of new prospects we're talking to. But whatever those ambitions are, uh, I found that waking up early and working on them by learning and and reading and studying and, and growing you know, those are, those are the things that it, it takes to be successful in my mind. And when you talk to successful people, they're really intent on developing themselves and getting better.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, Clay, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know that, uh, the audience and I and myself, we're all just very grateful for your presence here in, in, in our little, uh, community of passionate Infusionsoft users. So this has been an, an absolute blast. And, uh, um, I'm going to have everyone tweet at you when this episode goes live. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, awesome. That'd be great.
0: <laughs> Very cool. And uh, I'll put that information and everything else on the show notes at infusioncast.co slash Clayt thank you so much for coming on InfusionCast.
1: Okay, awesome. Thanks, Joshua. I appreciate you having me.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of InfusionCast. Struggling to embed Infusionsoft web forms into your WordPress website? Head over to infusioncast.co and download our free WordPress plugin, Fusion Forms. Fusion Forms allows you to easily embed beautiful Infusionsoft forms into any WordPress website with a simple shortcode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. The following podcast is a production of InfusionCast, a subsidiary of Codebox LLC. InfusionCast is no way associated or sponsored by Infusionsoft. The opinions and perspectives in this podcast are of the host and his guests and do not reflect or promote any view held by Infusionsoft.